Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me John Myers. John is the founder and CEO of Course Consulting. And I'm proud to announce a fellow Houstonian. I rarely get to interview people who are in the compliance space from Houston, but John is. So, John, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks, Tom. I'm glad to be here. John, I was wondering if you might be able to give the audience a little bit about your professional background. Sure. So, I've been a e-discovery and digital forensic professional for, for nearly 30 years. My, you know, the Really, the focus there is assist clients with uh, data identification, preservation, collection, hosting, uh, and analysis-type work. And what's really kind of is part of that is as a licensed private investigator and a court-recognized expert, you know, we lead teams to you know, do complex investigations and matters. And through that, you know, from a professional standpoint, there's standards in terms of education and knowledge that has to be updated all the time. John, the uh, title of this podcast is Innovation and Compliance. And although the word compliance is in the title, it's really about innovation. And because of that, I was incredibly intrigued by the Chorus Consulting tagline, which I read to say, innovation begins here. Why do you have that as a tagline? And what innovation do you bring? Rather, does Chorus Consulting bring? So the Chorus tagline really kind of represents our approach to our client projects and the way we approach our investigations. Whether it be via technology or process or methodology, we're really continuously working to find better ways to exceed our clients' expectations. Thus, we're innovating. With these innovations, we find that we're able to save our clients money, we're able to save them time. And with those types of savings, their projects really become more effective and efficient. So one of the things that services rather you offered was the data security risk assessment. I think data security, data privacy, data protection is in the forefront of most business executives' minds these days. And in the compliance world, or at least my world of anti-corruption compliance, a risk assessment is a critical tool. Is the same true in the data security world? And if so, how do you help companies think through that approach? Oh, absolutely. You know, when it comes to data security, most companies will sit there and say, yeah, our data is secure. However, what we really find is they really truly don't know what to what depth or to what breadth data is secure. So what we really kind of provide is kind of the what, where, and who of people's data assets alongside with understanding uh, not only their internal security measures that someone may have in place, we'll go through and help them find certain things like discovering and correcting potential security issues of data that may not be where it should be or Maybe there's a hole somewhere in just the way they're handling it or storing it. It does, you're right, it's critical knowing where this is just from a, uh, an assessment standpoint. And then, you know, what they really should be looking at is just whether or not their internal security measures are really protecting not only them, but protecting the data. Too many times we find that people think they've either put a firewall in place or they've secured data or they've encrypted it in such a way that they think it's not accessible by others. And then when you really kind of poke at it and and prod, you find that, well, it kind of gets moved around very easily by other individuals that uh, shouldn't have touched it or accessed it. So, John, I do a podcast specifically on the topic of GDPR, and my partner in that podcast is in the United Kingdom and is a data privacy data protection specialist. 
And one of the things he continually talks about is how companies need to be able to prove to regulators that they have assessed their data and based upon that assessment have put in a risk management strategy in place. Would the data security risk assessment that course consulting provides along with the management of the risk that you uncover in that be an auditable trail if a regulator ever came knocking? The answer to that is yes. And really what it comes down to is that's how kind of our risk assessment kind of came about is with GDPR overseas, with the new uh, California Consumer Protection Act, with what Colorado's doing. And, and I know that there are at least, I think I've seen in the last 90 days, at least 13 or 14 other states that have started to put these protection acts into place that really to, to ensure that data is really not getting loose where it shouldn't be. So our risk assessment does aid in that auditable track of the data. John, even if a business executive or compliance professional has some knowledge and awareness of data security, data protection, data privacy, one of the areas that I see a lot of gaps is around information governance, which would seem to me to follow on directly around data security and data protection. How do you help clients think through the issue of information governance? You know, information governance is a broad sweeping term. We kind of view it as an evolving discipline. That has a couple different areas. There's the legal component of it. There's the records management. There's the technology. There's risk management, privacy and security, and even, you know, the business operations. Overall, we think that that information governance really kind of provides the framework for clients to make good decisions about what information they're keeping, how long they're keeping it, and who and what should have access to that. And the way that we kind of help our clients through thinking through this is a lot of clients just don't know where to start. You know, they don't know if... You know, as we like to say, we kind of help them identify, you know, what's keeping them up at night? You know, do I have too much data? Where's this data stored? Are we in regulatory compliance? Are we in compliance with some other statute that they may or may not be involved with? So, you know, we come in and we kind of help them think through this, you know, what's keeping them up and how critical is some of the stuff that they're looking at, you know, to make sure that from an information sweeping governance standpoint, they can be happy and be restful that they know that that is under control for them. I'm not sure many business executives are ever happy and restful, but if you can help them in garnering those two traits, that's pretty good services in my book. One of the things that struck me about your website is you are generous with sharing white papers and other material, which would help a wide variety of in-house corporate legal types, compliance types, IT types, data security types, and other business professionals. And in one of those white papers, you listed five steps to mitigate information risk. I was wondering if you just could walk us through those five steps. Sure. To the point about our learning forum, we think with you and what you're doing, I think education is important. So we like to share what we find, whether it be articles, white papers, but to specifically to your question, some of the steps that we think that are kind of important or or kind of critical for uh, in-house counsel is things like to role play a 30B6 deposition. You know, that's where, you know, people are identified in terms of where they're going to give deposition or testimony with regards to, you know, internal technology and things like that. And by practicing and role-playing these, it really allows the individual who's going to be deposed or testifying to kind of practice and prepare them for what may be asked of them in that testimony or deposition. And at the same time, if they're practicing, it allows them to maybe uncover some possible vulnerabilities that they may be exposed to and either can either mitigate it ahead of time. The second thing is, is that is to really challenge IT departments to create you know, what we call a data map. And, and this really kind of goes through back to the question of, you know, what do we have in an organization? But 
you know, data maps can you know take a significant time to create, especially if you've got terabytes or petabytes worth of data, and it's divergent and dispersed where it is through the organization. Having the data map allows organizations to really truly evaluate what and how the data and information is stored in their environment. So it helps, you know, kind of mitigate some of that risk that they may have that they don't know what's out there. Next kind of a step to kind of mitigate some of the risk is really kind of convince senior management of resources needed. If you have an opportunity to go through, you know, this role playing of 30B6 depositions and you have an opportunity to create these data maps, you really can go back and counsel senior management that a legal, defensible information management program, you know, is really not optional. Just having data, you know, and information in your organization willy-nilly and not being maintained and by proper standards really exposes people to some just huge risk. The other issue is we found was is a lot of organizations need to go back and kind of look at their records retention schedules and their policies. A lot of these policies were written back when, you know, paper ruled the universe. And with the explosion of electronically stored data, you know, e-records, emails, things like that, you know, the modern record retention policy and retention schedule really needs to be updated to have an emphasis on that type of data. A lot of people think that you can store paper and digital records, you know, differently from a retention standpoint, but in reality, they're effectively the same record and they need to be stored the same. Just because it's digital and it's easier to store doesn't mean that, oh, hey, I can just keep it forever. And then the other, kind of the last final point that we put out there is, is to really kind of review and modify vendor storage contracts. You know, legal departments, you can really kind of directly reduce risk by, you know, reviewing, you know, not only current contracts, but proposed contracts, you know, for any kind of flags, you know, with a few really pointed questions to identify, you know, terms and conditions that need to be negotiated or renegotiated, or, you know, how, whether they're storing it in the cloud or storing it physically, you know, how data surrounding their information is going to be released or not released. The last thing anybody would want is to have a bunch of electronic data stored in a cloud environment and the metadata associated with that get released unknowingly. So, you know, that's really, those are kind of the high level five steps that we've seen that, you know, really can help in-house counsel. John, you mentioned one of the services that Course Consulting provides is around uh, data forensic services. And one of the things I've seen you advocate is utilizing forensic services in a proactive as opposed to a simply reactive basis. Can you talk us through how you would help a client do that? Oh, absolutely. Computer forensics has been kind of put in that category of you know, a reactive service. Something happens, an event happens, and as a digital forensics expert, we'll go in after the fact to kind of help you know, clean up the mess. And some of the best examples of that is that when you have an individual leave an organization and you don't suspect any wrongdoing, and then a couple of weeks afterwards, someone in IT or someone in HR realizes, oh my goodness, there was an email sent from corporate account to a private account or a personal account. We need to go investigate. And then as they start to investigate, they start to find additional things that may have leaked out of the organization, files, copy, things like that. So that's very reactive. From a proactive standpoint, we've kind of started to counsel our clients with, why don't you either actively monitor or as an employee, if you know they're departing or as they're departing, computer forensics right there proactively as the event's happening or even prior to the event to ensure that any kind of corporate intellectual property or knowledge isn't leaking out of the organization. We deploy technologies and methodologies that help monitor that in real time. People ask what real time is, and I've seen real time being defined as you know, milliseconds. And then at the same time, from a proactive standpoint, 
to make sure data is not leaving the organization. At the same time, we talk about data leaving. The other thing that we've started counseling clients on is when you're bringing someone new into your organization, using computer forensics to actually remediate their devices, their phones, their computers, before they even enter your organization. That way there, if that employee or that individual is actually bringing data with them that they really shouldn't have, knowingly or unknowingly, you as the the corporation or the organization can mitigate any kind of risk of that data coming into your entity and having to worry about. So that's kind of how we're trying to move the forensics from being more of a reactive to a proactive type of an activity. John, Coors Consulting also helps companies think through crisis management and emergency response planning. Since we're both in Houston, we've both obviously dealt with hurricanes, and that's something that I think many businesses here are aware of. But one of the things I don't see businesses doing is practicing crisis management, not simply having a plan in place that's put away somewhere, but actually going through some drills, going through some details, putting people in place to answer specific questions and have specific roles should there be a crisis. Is that something you guys can help your clients with? Yeah, we do. And really, one of the biggest areas that we help that in is through our advisory services team, our consultants, we, you know, we work with the clients to develop you know, these contingency plans and skills for an emergency response, and not necessarily around a hurricane or something like that, which we're able to do, but we've actually got a group that actually specializes in things like kidnap, extortion, and illegal detention for executives and employees. A good example of that is, you know, if you've got a multinational that's working in an area where it's maybe not too friendly, putting together the plan for how you would actually extract individuals or protect them while they're on the ground is really what that our management, our crisis management response team really is planning for there. When you talk about the hurricane, things like that, I view that really kind of a, as a disaster recovery. And yes, it's a great service line and it's something that we could probably help with, but really our, our crisis management stuff is really around the corporations with the incident response type stuff. John, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if listeners wanted more information on either you or Course Consulting, where could they go to find out? Well, there's two places. If they want to learn about me a little bit, uh, I've got a LinkedIn profile underneath my name, John Myers. At the same time, our website, which is chorusconsulting.net, has the information that you referenced and the downloadable forms that you talked about in this uh, discussion. So, John, this has been a fascinating discussion. I hope we can continue the conversation in the future. Thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.